Let's pray and we'll get started. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with one another, whether online or outdoors or indoors, but present with you and with one another. Jesus, we pray right now that you would make us aware of your presence in our lives and in this church, in this community, that you would make us aware of the ways in which you are moving and at work in us and through us and around us in ways that we understand and ways that we don't understand. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us to practice your presence in this place, practice our own awareness of how you might meet us here today. We ask this in the name of Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are concluding our present series um, here at Spark. We've been focusing on some different spiritual disciplines for the last few weeks. Um, Do you guys remember a few that we did? Present, yeah, practicing God's presence, good. Being present, come up on the mountain and be with me, all of those things. What else? Worship. Yep, we had a worship conversation. It was fantastic with uh, Pastor Kevin and Junior, and that was really lovely. Anything else? What was that? Communion. Prayer. Yes, communion and prayer. And last week, service, which we kind of didn't get to practice so much but learn about, but you guys are sort of all practicing it all the time in a variety of ways. So today we're concluding with Thanksgiving. Thought it would be appropriate given the week um, and talking about how do we practice Thanksgiving? How do we practice it all year round, not just in November? Um, How do we practice giving thanks and gratitude in all those different ways? So the first thing I'd like to just do is acknowledge that gratitude is really popular sometimes. Nobody, yeah? Um, That having an attitude of gratitude or practicing gratitude, there's journals out there, particularly around November. That's like the big publishing push. And if you start to just look a little bit around online, you will find, I don't know, thousands of gratitude journals um, in fall-colored themes um, to be able to have this time of year. But really, the practice of thanksgiving, of giving God thanks, of blessing God for what God has done for us, of gratitude and practicing that as a daily practice is something that, I don't know if you knew this, God thought of first. So um, we are going to, we could pick from any number of verses in the Bible, including all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We could look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 where it says, When you have entered into the land that God has given you, and you have eaten, and you are satisfied, then give thanks. Because God knew then that once we're satisfied and things are easy, that it is easy to forget to give thanks at that point. It's, we're always grateful when something is in scarcity, but when it's in abundance, we kind of just ease into the fact that it will always be there. For example, I bet almost all of us in this room, in the Zoom and outside, almost all of us turn on the water faucet in our homes, grab clean, fresh, drinkable water, drink it, and we hardly ever give thanks. Right? We're accustomed to it. But if you were in a place where there was a massive drought or where clean water was not easily obtained, which is in quite a number of places in the United States, as well as in around the rest of the world, then when you had that glass of water provided, you would 
be saying thanks right away, right? It would be something would just kind of pour out of you. I'm so grateful for this. Now in Northern California, with years of droughts behind us and unfortunately more drought in front of us, I think we do have that instant gratitude, hopefully, maybe, I hope so, that when it starts to rain, we're like, oh, thank God, right? Immediately. And maybe when you were a kid, it was like, oh, it's raining. But now we're like, no, it's the best thing ever. And we're all really into being able to have rain boots for one or two days out of the year when we'll get a puddle. So we have now experienced some scarcity and we recognize that we need some abundance when it comes to rain. And so we find ways to thank God for that. But throughout the Bible, God is actually put into place in worship practices. When you come before God at the temple, you would come to give a thanks offering. When you would come and you would have food and you had eaten and were satisfied, you would give thanks right away. And by the way, that's the only time in the Bible when it tells you to thank God around a meal. Not before you eat, but after you eat. It's kind of fun. The before you eat is found in rabbinics, so you can thank the rabbis around Jesus' time and just after for giving us the blessings for before you eat as well. But there is a prescribed blessing from Deuteronomy 8 that you are supposed to say thanks when you're done. Like, oh, thanks. That was so good. Maybe you guys did that on Thursday if you had an abundance. Oh, thanks. It was so good. There are lots of places in the Bible that talk about how to give thanks, but I love this psalm, Psalm 107. And so I'm going to read a bit of it to us tonight. And um, if you have it on a device, you are welcome to read along or just sit and listen. We're not going to read the whole thing because some of the psalmists um, were uh, verbose, at least 43 verses. But I'm going to read a few highlights for us along. And there's also always, by the way, Bibles in the back that you can have to go home with you if you want them or read them when you're here. Okay, Psalm 107. This is from the NRSV. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. I just want to stop for a second. Notice that you're just saying thanks because of who God is. Not because of something God did for you or for me. Not because it rains. Not because there was fresh drinkable water. Not because of anything else. Just because God is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry, and the hungry he fills with good things. Anyone hearing any resonances from uh, any of your gospels in that? I hope so. At least Mary's prayer when she finds out that Jesus is on the way. She's quite a theologian. Omer's preached well on that in the past, so you can go back and find Mary's Magnificat and conversations about that. Some sat in darkness and in gloom, prisoners in ministry, in misery, and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and had spurned the counsel of the Most High. Their hearts were bowed down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom, and he broke their bonds asunder. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love for his wonderful works to humankind. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the bars of iron. Some were sick 
through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death and they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind and let them offer thanksgiving, sacrifices and tell of his deeds with songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships Doing business in the mighty waters, they saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heavens, and they went down to the depths, and their courage melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards, and they were at their wit's end. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them from their distress. He made the storm still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. Let them extol in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. And it continues to go on in really beautiful, redemptive ways of even works that God does in creation that cause us to thank him that he turns a desert into springs of water, um, into thirsty, from thirsty ground into a fruitful land. And he does all of these beautiful, amazing things. And it continues to say, let all who are wise give heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord. So, The people living in Jesus's day in Judea um, amongst the rabbinic teachings had developed from this psalm a liturgy of thanksgiving. And they said, ah, we see in this psalm four different occasions that you are required, required to give thanks to God for. And those four occasions are these. We're going to give thanks when we come out of a desert. We'll give thanks when we're set free from imprisonment. We give thanks when God heals us from sickness and rescues from the grave. And we give thanks when we survive travels on the sea. And for those of you who are familiar maybe with some of the gospel stories, perhaps you heard some of the echoes from Psalm 107 into some of the actions and ministry of Jesus. And just in case you want to look that up later, it's true. Sorry, the the red's not great, but um, Jesus brings people out of a desert right? They are in a desolate place. They don't have any food, and he provides food for them and brings them out, provides for them. He sets people free, right? If the son has set you free, he is free indeed. You are free indeed. The demoniac who is near the Gerasenes, who's been set free. Lots of people get set free from illness and affliction. When God, we give thanks when God heals us from sickness and rescues from the grave, we see that God raises Lazarus. God raises the widow's son. God raises Jairus' daughter. Uh, Jesus does all of those things, right? And God heals from sickness and that from John 11 and on. And we give thanks when we survive travels on the sea. Doesn't, couldn't you just hear that amazing story about how when Jesus and the disciples are in the boat and he's like fast asleep and they're like, don't you care that we're drowning? And he speaks and the sea stops and is still and they're rescued. So beautifully, the disciples are given and all that are following Jesus four different opportunities that are right set into the liturgy, the language of their own practice of the day, where every time any one of these four things happened to you, you were to go to the temple in Jerusalem, to God's house, and to give a thanksgiving offering. And when you did it, you were actually supposed to do it in public. You were supposed to stand up in front of the entire community and say, God rescued me 
from the desert, from sickness, from imprisonment, from uh, travels on the sea. And then the whole community hears how God was faithful to you in the rescuing out of that circumstance. And the whole community joins you in that thanksgiving and echoes this song, Give thanks to the Lord because good, because God is good, because good. Hodula Adonai Kitov, Kile Olam Chasto, for his loving, enduring, faithfulness, kindness. The word hesed is difficult to translate into one English word, endures forever. And so the whole community affirms that God has heard you and delivered you from dire circumstances. And I love that there's not shame involved with these things, because I could see some of us saying, I was in a desert time, I didn't have enough food, I didn't have enough water, or I had been very sick, or I had a situation where I was imprisoned, or where I almost died at sea, and we would say, I'm just glad I'm alive and I I want to move on. But the liturgy of Jesus's day actually required, and from Psalm 107, required us to go to God and say, thank you. And give God all glory and honor and praise, but to do it in community, where the community is like, wow, not shame, wow, you've been rescued and set free. Years ago, I was teaching on this um, in a different setting, and there were lots of fifth and sixth grade kiddos. Uh, They're amazing theologians, and you should teach and hang out with them at all times. And in teaching that, I was teaching through this, and one of the girls, um, her father had just recently come out of incarceration. And she said, so my dad gets to come here And say thanks to God. And we all get to say yes and amen and thanks to God. I was like, absolutely. It was just such a life-giving moment to see that there's no shame in that, right? That there's, there's there's only new beginnings and gratitude. Now, as the Bible gives us framework for this, and you can read Jesus's uh, hymnal of his day. It's the book of Psalms. Just pick it up anytime and you can have framework for how to worship and how to understand God, which by the way, I don't know if you've read Psalms, but like 77% of them are a lament. I mean, there's a lot of like, God, you're terrible and awful. And how'd you do this thing to happen to me? But I'm still going to worship you and it's okay. Right. But it's like things we would never probably think of saying to the creator of the universe and God allows space for that and affirms it. Totally fine. So we have this beautiful place and framework, but we also know that there are benefits packages for our thankfulness, right? That when we do this, thanking God reminds us of who God is and who we are not. Notice that there's not a whole like, how did you get to the situation that you were in? And maybe, right? There's no theologizing or theodicy behind all those things. Why did God let you do it? It's just sometimes tough things happen. And when they happen, we're going to pray for deliverance and God willing will be delivered. And when we're delivered, we'll say thanks. And we're going to remember who God is and who we are not. I think thanking God also in community then serves as a witness for everyone that God does deliver. I met with a, um, a distant sparker who uh, might be listening tonight. And as I, we met this week and we were chatting and talking, this sparker shared some stories about the ways in which God has provided for them in the midst of the hardest year of their life. I mean, just massive challenges and, and heartbreak in, in a variety of ways, right? But it was so also clear that in the midst of all of that, 
God had provided and delivered and met in the moments. Not that things shifted and changed magically and that all of a sudden the difficulties and the circumstances had shifted, but instead just that God had been present in those moments. And when I heard her story, what affirmed for me was, oh yeah, God does show up. So just witnessing the ways in which God had been faithful to her helped me in that meeting. When we thank God, it changes our heart towards God and towards our circumstances and towards others. It changes us. Notice it doesn't change the other. It doesn't necessarily change the circumstance, but it changes us. It changes how we practice our presence of God and how we are walking through our days. Have you ever met people who are just incredibly thankful? And you can probably think of a handful right now, right? And it changes how they live, how they read their world, how they express hope in their moment. There's actual science that backs all of this up, you guys. Like, again, God was the first one that built all of this in for us. But if you want to read just science of gratitude, you can find all of these things. Like, we sleep better, we earn more. So you should really just do this for selfish reasons. I'm joking, of course. But um, all of this science of gratitude, like, this is good stuff. It works for you. People who are grateful tend to be happier. They tend to be constantly looking for the thing to say thank you for. Um, There's this article from... 2015, choose to be grateful, it'll make you happier. And they go through the science of that. And I think when we read this or when we hear these things like being thankful or what if I don't feel like being thankful and I'm upset about things and I don't think we want to confuse being thankful with being happy, right? There's an inauthenticity that can be present if constantly things are terrible, 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 but in the Christian realm, we're always like, but you should just always thank God, right? That's also wrong because the psalmists don't do that. They can be very, very angry and still honor God in God's place. But in this article, it says this, that we are more than slaves to our feelings, circumstances, and our genes. Evidence suggests that we can actively choose to practice gratitude and that doing so raises our happiness. We need not only express gratitude when we feel it. I don't know if you can hear the word discipline in this, right? That there is a discipline to it. Uh, we need not only express gratitude when we feel it, we give thanks especially when we don't feel it. Rebel against the emotional authenticity that holds you back from your bliss. And I think it's that we often believe that when we practice gratitude or thanksgiving that the church expects us to do this, right? Expects us to put on a smiley happy face when inside we are not happy. And that is not at all what I would suggest the Bible is offering us. I bet there's a whole bunch of people who, after being delivered from sickness, imprisonment, desert experiences, and storm experiences, m- were pretty traumatized by those experiences. I don't think any one of those persons, after that surviving that experience, they might feel gratitude that they're not in it anymore and have that Thanksgiving, but it doesn't mean that they're not walking around with lots of trauma or complications or a lot of other loss right, in their lives. My daughter came home from her lessons at school and said that this was what she had been taught. And I keeps ringing in my ear constantly. We do not give thanks because we are happy. We are happy because we give thanks. That the act of simply saying thank you 
can cause in us a turn and a shift of a gratitude moment that doesn't change the circumstances, but changes how we feel about the circumstances. And I don't know if you've noticed this, it changes how the other person feels when you're practicing that gratitude with another individual in your midst. Have you ever noticed that? I'm really big on saying thank you constantly. Um, is kind of how I raise, but also I've noticed how it shifts in people when you really stop and you really grab hold of eye contact and you say, no, thank you so much. And it was to the point when uh, Kevin and I, before we, we officially met, I w- we were at college and he was working the breakfast line in the cafeteria and um, getting his way through school, and I was going through the line, and I would say thank you, thank you, thank you to each person, like putting anything on my plate, because that's how I raised, and, and they called me the thank you girl for a long time. That's, Kevin didn't know my name, so he just called me the thank you girl. It's like, that's okay, I'll take that, that's fine, so I'll be the thank you girl. So in my family and with my, my children, I am always saying, wherever we are, you find yourself in a public restroom and somebody comes in to clean, you stop and you tell that person, thank you right now. I mean, with the eyes, with the full presence of your presence in this moment, we stop and we say, thank you so much for your hard work. I hope you're having a great day and I really appreciate you. So we do this constantly. Like it's a, it's a constant discipline. But you know what happens when you see somebody that nobody else sees and you practice gratitude? It shifts them. And guess what? Then it shifts you back. And the presence of God now, like this holy space, Mr. Rogers, who always was really good at his thank yous, maybe that's where I learned it from, um, said that the place between our mouth and another person's ears, this is holy ground. And I think that when we practice gratitude and we practice our thanksgiving with God, that holy ground that's present between us and our creator is honored. And we're shifted and changed as a result of those moments. Do you guys know who Irving Berlin is? He's a fantastic composer, like composed over 1,500 songs in his 60-year songwriting career. He, was, he lived 100 years. He was born in, 19, in 19, no, no, 1888. And he died in 1998. And he was a Jewish composer. His birth name was Israel Berlin. And he is best known for a holiday classic, uh, White Christmas. Yeah, have you guys, you guys, like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. He wrote that. And, and he wrote that song. It was per- performed uh, by Bing Crosby and thousands. I mean, I think it's like one of the most recorded songs ever in the history of all songwriting. Now, Incredibly so, he wrote that in a very dark time in our national history and the history of the world. He wrote that, a song came out um, right at the first Christmas of our soldiers in World War II. When they were first singing, first experiencing a Christmas far from home, far from their families, um, very close to a lot of darkness and death. And when you hear that song, it, it reminds you of sort of all the hope that we have and all the despair that's in the world sort of all at the same time. Well, he was asked, uh, sorry, he went through a time in his life where he had massive insomnia. He couldn't sleep at all. And he went to a psychiatrist and a doctor. And at that time, the doctor said, well, what do you do when you can't sleep? And I said, I, I count sheep. He said, well, the doctor said, why don't you start counting your blessings instead of sheep? 
you imagine a doctor today saying that story? That was like such an amazing story. So Irving Berlin was told to count his blessings instead of sheep. And it changed him so much. A practice of gratitude every single night. And this is similar to the Ignatian prayers and Jewish prayer practices and lots of different practices and a lot of different faiths that in the evening as you're laying down to sleep to practice going back through your day and thinking about the ways in which God provided for you, for your family in different ways throughout all that time, even when times are dark. Now this doctor knew something. Uh, so, so Irving Berlin went and wrote this song. It changed him so much. He wrote a song that was included, Count Your Blessings Instead of Sheep, in the White Christmas film and soundtrack. You can go listen to it. Um, But it does, gratitude actually helps us sleep better. The doctor knew something long before all of the neuroscience abilities that were had that, that when we practice gratitude, we sleep better at night. We tend to walk around more aware of the many different ways in which God has provided for us. Here are the lyrics to that song. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, had so much insomnia and anxiety at night. I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. When my bankroll is getting small, I think of when I had none at all, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. I think about a nursery, and I picture curly heads, and one by one I count them as they slumber in their beds. If you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. It's so beautiful, right? When we count our blessings, it shines a bit of light in the darkness. Like at night, when it's dark and you're falling asleep and all of those worries and cares and concerns can come crowding in, start the practice and the discipline of just giving thanks. Go through all the very many ways in which you and I give thanks, are are thankful throughout, throughout the day. Let's say this. I'll say one. I'll start us off. Ready? Last year this time, we weren't in this room. Last year this time, we weren't outside. We were only on the Zoom. And so while we are aware that not all is yet right with the world, right? We're aware of the many injustices that are present. We're aware of, we're aware of news, breaking news stories, that there's variants and all of the things and the worries. But you guys, we're together. And we weren't last year. And I'm so deeply grateful for that. Because last year, I could only imagine you as I stared at the green dot on the camera. And let me just say, I um, hate that green dot. So because I, I, I love it, because we all stayed together, but I was also very frustrated by it, because I, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm um, never really super interested in... Um, and being on the YouTube. Much more, I really like to be with you all. Even just including the live Zoom, so much better, right, than just the YouTube. So I'm deeply grateful that we're together. Today is the first day of Advent. It's the first lighting, the first candle that gets lit. If you didn't grow up in a liturgical church in Christian tradition, we light four candles, and then the fifth candle is the Christ candle, and and that happens. This light, putting a light on in the darkness, and it's what I think the practice of gratitude does for us. It is also today the first night of Hanukkah. So the first day of Advent and the first night of Hanukkah. And I love that in both of our 
both faiths we meet here in the synagogue. We have many Jewish friends um, here at Spark and, and who come often. And tonight is this beautiful first night of Hanukkah, of lighting a light in the darkness. And that's our first day of Advent, lighting a light in the darkness. And I really think that that's what practicing gratitude does. When we practice this thanksgiving with God, when we stop and say thank you, For whatever it is, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for putting my feet on the floor. Thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for giving me sight. Thank you for giving me one more day. Thank you for giving me breath in my lungs. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together even with masks. Thank you for food. Thank you for water. Thank you for breathable air. Thank you for the earth. Thank you for that flower. I think all of the things that we can be thankful for in a a day. Hopefully you'll be exhausted by the many ways in which you can say thank you all day long. It lights a bit, it it just casts away a bit of the darkness and lights that light that we can go by. Um, Do you guys, I don't know if you're familiar with a theologian and professor from Duke and author Kate Bowler, who is an incurable optimist. Um, She's written a few books, but one of the books she's written is entitled Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. Um, It's a fantastic book. She tells her story of um, dealing with uh, very severe cancer and really tackles a lot of our very bad theology when it comes around um, understanding who, who God is and how God acts and works in our world. She has a prayer for us, a blessing, that I'd like to share with you for Thanksgiving. And I think it holds the tension so that if, you're, if you and I are in spaces tonight where we're like, I don't feel like saying thank you, this blessing's for you. And if we're in spaces where we're like, no, I'm ready to start saying thank you for the little and the big things, this blessing's for you. A Thanksgiving blessing when you don't feel terribly thankful. This is that discipline of saying thanks when it's hard. God, I'm struggling to find my way toward gratitude this Thanksgiving. Help my heart find joy, for you know how much I need it. Come meet us in our needs that weigh so heavily upon us. God, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Spirit, have mercy. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Psalm 85, 6. God, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Spirit, have mercy. Blessed are we who come to you just as we are, with our loneliness and loss, our scarcity and sorrow, And say, God, there is just not enough. Though we're not even supposed to say it today. There is just not enough to go on. Not enough money to pay bills. Not enough jobs. Nor safety for those who have them. Not enough wisdom to find solutions. Not enough strength or comfort or connection. Things are just harder now. Blessed are we who say, could you come meet us here in this place? This place of need where our feelings don't match the day. Blessed are we who hear you saying, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And so we come, and somehow there is rest and gladness for tiny, tiny graces. Blessed are we, the truly thankful. God have mercy. Christ have mercy. Spirit have mercy. Settle, place before your mind one gift of God, and say, thanks.
So we have just a few moments together where if you would like to say thanks privately in your head, we want to give you some space, about three or four minutes to practice the gratitude. If you are the kind of person who needs to write, there are cards and pens that are available both outside and inside, and I'm sure in your rooms at home. And if you'd just like some space to reflect privately, that's fine too. My hope and my encouragement is that whatever you are grateful for and thankful for today, that you find at least one person to tell what you're grateful for and how God's been faithful to you so that we can be blessed by the ways in which God's met you today, this week, or this year. We'll give you a few moments. Places, the ways in which you... um, turn our hearts towards you and the ways in which you teach us how to grow in our practice of gratitude towards you. Jesus, for those who are in seasons of challenge and darkness, we give you thanks that they are with us and that they are here and that we can express our gratitude for their presence in our lives. And for these moments that we have together, even in the midst of challenges. For those in need of healing and deliverance and great need, Jesus, we, we ask for you to meet us and deliver us here. And we ask that our hearts would be turned towards gratitude and praise. And Jesus, for the ways in which that um, many of us have been so tremendously um, privileged Um, in seasons like this, would you move our hearts to share what we have, to make longer tables, and to continue to find ways in which to express our great gratitude to you through our love and our giving and our service to one another. Jesus, we pray that you would continue to teach us how to give thanks, how to count our blessings. In hard times and in good times, Jesus, we pray that our hearts would be turned towards you and that we would not take for granted the many ways in which you have um, assisted us and helped us and brought us to this moment. And ask that you'd be very, very present for all of us who are in deep need right now. We thank you for all of your good gifts, Jesus. We thank you for tonight, and we thank you for the privilege it is to be together in this space. We are grateful. As we come to your table, Lord, we give thanks. We give thanks before we eat. We give thanks after. We give thanks, Jesus, for all that you've done for us and for the many ways in which you continue to lay down your life, Jesus, that we might find new life in you. Meet us here, Lord, at your table. We are grateful for your invitation. For in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, blessed, and broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
this is not our table. This is Christ's blood and Christ's body, and all are welcome and invited at this table.